0: This week's CloudCast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, onto the show. CloudCast Media presents... From the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delft and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of The Cloudcast. Aaron, how you doing tonight, man?
1: I'm doing good, doing good. How is everyone?
0: Uh, good. You had a big launch today. You were, you've been working hard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those. It's we we usually record this about nine thirty at night our time, and I'm I'm struggling to stay awake. I completely admit it.
0: <laughs> well, um, so the good news is uh, tonight's guest is it, we we kind of we kind of teased this a little bit about a week ago um, that tonight's show is gonna be a little bit different than kind of the traditional cloud computing stuff that we do and. So I'm going to introduce uh, tonight's guest, uh, Rich Stump, who's the the founder and, and principal uh, of a company called Fathom, which focuses on 3D printing, industrial design, rapid prototyping. Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate it. And you know, it's a little unusual. Like we we have guests come on the show from all sort of walks of technology, and, and we meet them in different places. And um, this one's a little different for some for some odd reason, and I'm not exactly sure why this happened, Rich, but you popped up on my Twitter feed, um, and every once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go look at, at who people are that'll, that'll pop up on my Twitter feed, and, and it was like, uh, founder, 3D printing, advanced manufacturing, additive manufacturing, and I was like, oh, that's cool stuff, because I've seen a whole bunch of, you know, kind of small-scale 3D printing stuff, and I started looking into your company, and we were looking at it, and we, uh, we were like, you know, we talk all the time about... About technology and, and cloud computing, and how it 's becoming very much um, you know kind of a factory type of process in terms of how you know these these giant bit factories and we talk about how people are becoming more creative with with open source technology and I was like you know this this feels like the 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 digital to physical sort of Parallel to that, so we started sort of exploring, and we know our audience loves new technology. Uh, you know, we see people playing around with the 3D stuff at trade shows and stuff. So we thought we'd kind of dig into it with you. So thank you for being on the show tonight.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So um, tell us a little bit about about Fathom and about your background, because you guys provide a, a ton of services. So if, you know, we'll we'll put all the links to the to the website in the show notes. But everything from you know 3D printing to design of Prototyped um, parts and, and ideas. You guys do manufacturing. Like, how do you bring all those ideas together, and, and what kind of background do you have to have to to be able to keep up with all that stuff?
2: Sure. Well, Fathom. You know, our, our company is really focused on uh, the advanced technology of three D printing and additive manufacturing. Uh, we started the company in two thousand eight. Uh, my background has been in product development, so you know, taking uh, ideas and making them better. Um, utilizing technologies and I first uh, got into the software the computer-aided designer CAD world uh, when I graduated college and I was always fascinated by taking a, an idea and making it into a physical form and in uh, 2003, 2004 I was introduced to the technology of 3D printing and I could not believe that in the matter of minutes or hours you could take you know, something from, from an idea uh, realm to a physical form and have something in your hand and I knew that uh, not only with my passion for that and the passion for invention and problem solving, I knew that the, there was an awesome opportunity with this technology. So we went out and uh, I found a, a company in Israel that actually was making these, these 3D printers. And uh, I was one of their first, um, their first distributors for for a desktop level machine out here on the West Coast, my partner and I. And um, that was our niche kind of wedge into the industry is, as um, we were passionate about it. So we started selling these, these machines to companies making products, you know, uh, big consumer product companies, medical companies, um, all of which use uh, 3D printing for many years for rapid prototyping. And then we we've built the business based on this technology. So today we, we not only distribute the machines – uh, and we're much larger than the garage that we started in in 2008 when we founded the company. Uh, but we also have two production centers, in, in one in Seattle and one in Oakland, California, where we have 25-plus uh, large professional machines that make three-dimensional parts. So uh, we're kind of uh, – um, you know, I guess a simplistic way to put it would be a Kinko's that actually sells the printers as well uh, a very advanced Kinkos that sells 3d printers um, and provides services, but then behind that we have a whole vast amount of design and uh, creative resources that help use this technology for our customers to create better products quicker so um, you know fathom is really oh. behind a design centric company utilizing the technology to, 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 of 3d printing to to revolutionize
1: the way products are designed and made. <laughs> really cool. So, let me ask you this so so on the on the podcast, we talk a lot about how cloud computing and and really data centers in general are really becoming almost this idea of a like an electronic bit factory, and a lot of processes and designs are aligning to those classic production methodologies and this idea of rapidly experimenting and prototyping, and if you're going to fail, fail fast, is something very central to what we talk about a lot. And and I see that relationship to you as well, of this really allows acceleration of, of ideas, if nothing else, correct? And, and how does that fit into kind of a traditional manufacturing model?
2: Sure. You know, I think uh, in the last couple of years, um, the industry of three D printing, that of manufacturing, has changed greatly. Uh, the media has certainly um, helped with some of the evangelization to uh, of the technology in different spaces, but mostly focused on the consumer space. You know what we're really focused on is on the professional space and the technology allows you to generate your ideas quickly like you had mentioned um and create faster iterations in a small amount of time so we call that kind of the generalized prototyping application and that's been around for years and that'll continue to grow at you know 30 35 40% per year because more folks are seeing the the benefit uh in that but what what becomes really exciting for us is uh, the more downstream manufacturing applications where we start to look at really high value problems that we can solve using the technology uh, and designing things that can never be manufactured or designed before solving a specific problem and the parts are actually used in a production environment an example of that would be you know let's say a, a surgical guide that is uh, taking ct data or scan data and made just for that patient or uh, a surgical planning model that you know is for a, an advanced brain surgery that you know uh, the, the the doctors will use to to practice on before they get into the surgery itself or you know something customized or something specific that needs to be designed in a way and manufactured in a way for a specific application. That is really where we're starting to see, um, you know, some some high-value growth in the industry.
0: So now now you talk about, like, healthcare. I mean, you you talked previously sort of of about, like, consumer packaged goods or, uh, you know, I've seen people that build, you know, prototypes for, you know, what look like car parts and stuff. Are are you seeing – more and more, like materials being used, so that it, it it's not just you know prototypes or sort of building things that are either lighter weight. Or are you seeing when you get into healthcare, you get into other things that more and more materials are becoming part of this whole process as well? Or is it still you know a lot of the the sort of ribbonized plastic and, and stuff like that?
2: No, we're starting to see. So the, the two biggest three biggest opportunities in the market, I would say, are are material developments, um, software developments. And application development, and they can be used inter, inter, uh, intermittently. But the the biggest uh, growth that we're seeing is in materials. You know, you're starting to see materials being developed that were utilized in the past for more production or prototype applications turn into more production applications. We actually call it direct digital manufacturing, where the materials are, are, are being developed to a point now where the the parts off the machine don't need to be prototypes anymore. They are actually Enough. Uh, the properties we get from those materials are that of nylons, plastics, metals, ceramics. Um, I mean, you can you can see 3D printing. You know, there's actually restaurants now that that only 3D print their food, and you know, there's some very uh, exotic type applications. There's a company down in San Diego called Organovo that's actually 3D printing tissues and um, and structures, and they've they've successfully built um you know certain organs for small uh, nano type structures so you know there's there's all kinds of developments in the 3D 3D printing space that you know could make a big impact in the next 10 15 years
0: wow that's, that's uh, so yeah you start you start combining engineering chemistry all sort you know biology all sorts of sciences here all of a sudden
1: yeah and it's really i mean the applications are just so varied and and so Another kind of topic along those lines is yeah, a recent IDC conference. They talked about this concept of, of fourth platform, where things that were digital are now becoming physical, right? And I see this just as another manifestation of that. Yeah, we're starting to see uh,
2: you know digital companies um, that create softwares or you know social media companies starting to invest in the technology because they realize that at some point. Um, virtual needs to become physical, and there's you know I mean if you look at uh, animation studios and, and movies like Coraline and and other animation movies they still use uh, the three D printing technology because it's it's more effective than than actually using uh, the virtual way of lighting and, and, and making animated um, uh, movies. So you know there's a lot of a lot of development going on in that world.
0: Yeah. Now, so I I grew up around Detroit and. You know, obviously, you had the big three companies, but you had all these little, sort of tool and die companies. So people that, you know, um, engineering, metallurgy, all sorts of people, and they would they would build a little shop in their garage. They could they could do some very cool custom work. And you had this sort of explosion of people that would do customization of automobiles. Are you seeing the same sort of thing where, whether it's they can buy 3D printers that you know you know fit in their house, fit on their desk, or they can come to somebody like you who's got uh, you know, manufacturing capabilities. I mean, is is the little guy really going very, very quickly in this, or, or are you more engaged with bigger shops that that want to just move faster, or is it some some mix of both? Yeah, I think that's
2: a great question. I think um, from our standpoint, you know, we're focused today on what we call the professional market, and the professional market consists of companies that are actually designing products and trying to solve high value problems where. You know, the margins are are a little bit bigger and and there's a lot of value. Um, You know, I will say the future is bright for 3D printing at the consumer level. So, you know, will we have 3D printers in our house making custom parts and, you know, replacement parts for, uh, you know, different different, um, things that we have in the household like refrigerator or pool pump or whatever we may be? Uh, maybe, uh, will that happen the next 10 years? Absolutely not. Um, we will definitely utilize services like ourselves or print services, local print shops to make these parts but we're still a ways away from that just because the material costs that, that come out of these printers is, is, is still pretty uh, pricey. It hasn't commoditized um, to the point where we saw with 2D printing where it really makes sense instead of going buying a, you know, a $10 uh, pool pump part you know, it would cost twenty, thirty dollars in material costs just to print that part with a printer. So, um, you know, I think we're focused on the professional market because that's where there's money to be made today. I think that the future looks bright at the at the consumer level, but I think we still have some time until we get there. Okay. Okay. Very
0: cool. and, there's, Very cool. there's, and there's the Bart train that we talked about earlier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're right next to the Bart station in Amtrak, and we're we're in Oakland, right downtown. So you Google. get all the the city noises. So I apologize. <laughs>
0: So you guys, you guys just announced a big partnership with uh, with uh, Lawrence Livermore National Lab. So big guys, big big, very very smart set of people. Uh, lots of government involvement. Like talk about that. What is that? What does that open up for you guys? What kind of interesting things are you working on?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we're very excited about the the relationship and the partnership with uh, with the labs. Um, you know, I think one of their goals is as um, a lot of our tax dollars goes into developing for, you know, the DOE specifically, our DoD or, or government organizations. We want to utilize all that research and development into the, the commercial land to to help us, um, you know, with with building and successful companies and technologies. Well, us being um, application experts and understanding the the world of three D printing and additive manufacturing, and Lawrence Livermore National Labs having, you know, the, the bandwidth of research and development with their scientists really gives us an opportunity to go out and, and build and develop specific materials and applications to solve these high value problems using additive manufacturing. So we're focused on going out and, and talking to our customers and, and leveraging our resources to find out, you know, what things can we develop that may solve you know, some big problems and save lives or, you know, create technologies that, that will enable us to, to develop quicker. And then going back to the labs and co-developing some things with them, giving their expertise and all the equipment and everything that, you know, uh, the labs has. So something we're really excited about. We'll find a lot of value there.
0: So that's, that's cool. Does that have the possibility? I mean, obviously you probably can't talk about everything going on, but I mean, is there anywhere in those discussions where they say, look, you know, things like manufacturing are a big deal for the U.S. economy if we could ever figure out a way to bring that back? Is that – are those the kind of things they also look at as they think about, you know, could we create process and so forth and, and provide those through grants for people that that want to go build up new things and new industries and stuff? Is that – or is it mostly more for government kind of things?
2: No, I think, you know, there's a lot of um, – collaboration going on right now around trying to reshore manufacturing, Um, you know, we Fathom has actually uh, um, um, some equity in in some product development companies or products where we have reshored um, all of our manufacturing to the US. So we've worked with the the administration around the, the reshoring initiatives and the labs participate in a lot of those collaborations. But I think there's a big push in general to try to bring manufacturing back to the US. And we're seeing that with a lot of our customers um, starting to bring manufacturing back. I think it's, you know, the the barrier that we see is basically the capital tooling cost. And I think, you know, what what we strive to communicate to the administration is some types of uh, programs that will help enable these companies. To try to mitigate some of these tooling costs, so it makes more sense to bring it back quicker. But yeah, there's a big push, and the labs certainly participate in a lot of the collaborations. Uh, but you know, I think there's a gentleman, Harry Mosier, that has uh, the reshoring initiative that we've spoken plenty of times, and he's out um, evangelizing, bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. And, it, and I think I think it's
0: working. Cool. Very Perfect. cool. Now, you know. We You know we talked a bunch about about 3 d printing and and you know you guys you do you've got expertise like you said in application there's a certain amount of work that you've done in terms of like literally bringing products to market for people Where, where do you guys fit in the the bigger sort of i don't know if i, I don't know if it's it's sort of the ecosystem of three d printing or additive manufacturing i mean what would people partner with you to do or you know, where would you fit in sort of the supply chain? Obviously, it's a it's a it's a big there's there's a big ecosystem there. Where do you guys fit, and where could people, if they ever wanted to do work with you, like how would they engage with you?
1: Yeah, sure. and and to kind of put it back to that <clears throat> kind of Kinko's philosophy that you said earlier, right? I can see people outsourcing certain, certain things to produce some things, but I don't necessarily think a lot of people turn those around and sell them a lot of times, right? It seems to be a lot of in-house stuff that, that they want to do cheaper or faster through Kinko's a lot of times, right? I think
2: where you're seeing uh, a lot of the uh, turnaround and sell, um, and there's companies out there where you can create you know, 3D, you can design, it's more on the artistic jewelry side. Uh, where you can create your own, you know, uh, piece of of art or piece of jewelry that you can turn around and sell in like an Etsy type environment. Sure. sure. Um, certainly, there's a lot of folks making a living off creating very cool and and artistic sculptures and 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 types of jewelry and then turning around and selling them. But most of the applications today our folks using it in-house and um, we, like I said earlier, we engage, our ecosystem is one of, uh, of, we engage with companies most of the time that are utilizing the technology but certainly we do a lot of work with uh, like Kickstarter folks and okay. uh, you know you talk about the Kickstarter communities and you talk about how can I launch a company or a product or an idea uh, without raising any funding um, externally and build the business and get validation, market validation. Well, 3D printing is amazing for that. You know, I mean, we we take an idea and we get into CAD and we design it, then we print it, and we'll get it to a retailer or an end customer, get get market validation. And we've invested very little in the company and we've got market validation that then we, we know that we've got a winner. We, you know, we, we're mitigating our risk uh, on the go-to-market strategy. So, you know, I think – um, it 's very underutilized in the sense of folks that want to create new products new companies new innovations to utilize this low cost quick way um, to to physically uh, form their their idea um, utilizing the technology so um,
1: and, and, and it 's really very similar to a lot of Startups in general, you know, when it comes to cloud computing and resources, they don't go buy servers and hardware and, and go build data centers anymore. They go use public cloud. Um, and again, it's all that, keep that CapEx down as much as possible in the same way, yeah, why would you go buy the printers and all of these things when when they can use services such as you? So, yeah, printing as a service. <laughs> exactly. Yep, you got it.
0: Now, you know, I know a lot of people are familiar with things like like maker fair and, and maker bot and, and some of the stuff they may have seen you know in an event or somebody had like what do you what do you tell people whether it's whether it's your customers that say hey you know we, we, we kind of think we understand the value of your service but we you know we want to learn more about it like what are the what are the good places for people to go whether it's you know learning about 3d printing whether it's um, you know understanding the the types of designs that this unlocks or, um, the types of communities they should go engage with, what, what are the good places for people to start that, that you typically kind of point people to?
2: There's a lot of, uh, communities out there. Um, you know, I speak around the, the country, around the world, I guess, about, uh, different communities and different, um, different Organizations that have been built around this ecosystem, but in in general, if it's you know if it's at the the you know the personal level where you're just trying to educate yourself, certainly our website studiofathom.com is always a uh, a great place to look, and we've got a library and, and a um, a bunch of resources and white papers that you can read to learn more about the technologies. But at the local level, there's um, you know, there's a lot of what's called this maker movement and there's, um, you know, there's an co- organization called Tech Shop um, that we have in the West Coast and there's some, some facilities throughout the, the country in the East Coast and the Midwest where you essentially pay a, a, a monthly membership fee and you have access to a lot of tools to make things, um, being a wood shop, a metal shop, 3D printers, laser cutters, you know, all these cool th- tools that you can, um, that you can utilize. But there's also organizations. Um, I co-chair the Silicon Valley SV Forum for 3D printing. We get together once a month. And, you know, it's, it's a it's a number of different people from people who are just interested in the technology to professionals who use it every day. And we have a different topic every month. Um, but the the, the whole uh, Maker Fair. if you go to their website, they've got a lot of organizations that, that can lead to you on the maker level. Um, but our, our website is definitely a great resource as well.
0: Okay, very, very Very, cool. cool. I I guess sort of last question, um, you know, and there's part of me that sort of wants to go, you know, do do you get asked for things like, you know, can you make all my Christmas presents for the year and stuff? But uh, what's the, what do you think, you've been in this for for quite a while now, you're sort of seeing the growth of it, you're seeing where it's, you know, where it can go. What's the, what's the next big thing that has to happen in, in this space for it to really just kind of explode? Is it is it, a, is it a technology? Is it something in the economics of things? What's the next sort of big thing that you're pushing towards but, but sort of has to happen for for this space to, to be enormous?
2: So I would separate that kind of into two different buckets. One would be the professional space
0: mm-hmm.
2: and one would be the, 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 let's say, the consumer or the prosumer um, term used quite oftenly now. Um, on the professional space – to solve really high-value problems, let's say designing parts that um, will save on fuel or uh, go up into uh, space, and, and uh, be able to design it in a way that the result of that design would benefit, um, you know, greatly in different applications. We need better materials um, to, and we need to be able to reliability reliable. On how the, the process is going to generate the part. You imagine, you know, these systems are making different parts, and and we need to be able to control what is the exact heat p- temperature at every layer, at every you know nano nanoparticle. We need to be able to control that process. And there's no there's no processes today, um, you know, like ISO or different things that are made for 3D printing. So there needs to be maturation at that level. On the uh, on the consumer level, we need Better materials, as well as well as in the professional level, but more so, we need commoditization of material pricing. Um, the materials are too expensive today. Um, the consumer is used to buying things that are either machined or injection molded that have very smooth surfaces that are, you know, very consumer like products. We don't achieve that surface finish off the machines today um, at the material properties that we have with injection molded and machine parts. So there needs to be some development of uh, equipment, materials, and surface finish, I would say. But more importantly, I think the the, the material pricing needs to come down where it makes sense that you know I'm, I'm paying more for that customized part, but it's not 10 times more than I pay in the
1: store. Sure. sure.
0: Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Yep.
0: Very cool um, Aaron any last uh, stuff i mean it 's a, a little bit different obviously than we talk about every week but um kind of, kind of fascinating stuff when you start thinking about what it what it can do and and again that whole idea of rapid prototype try things kickstarter it 's uh, yeah A lot well, of parallels I think, to what we talk about
1: yeah I was going to say the biggest thing for me is is it's very common to startup challenges that that I think in our industry we face all the time yeah absolutely how do you how do you keep that capex spend down as much as possible, and how do you figure out if you have something that that works as quickly as possible um very interesting very similar parallels in the industries absolutely
2: yeah we've got i mean we've got companies that Literally, and I've, I've started companies and products with, you know, a couple thousand dollars in um, startup funds, and been able to get market validation, sometimes purchase orders from retailers or customers, without investing any money in tooling. You know, so basically, your startup expenses are some legal fees, some corporation fees, um, and you know, some some fees to get your your product actually 3D printed. Uh, but once you have that, you know you get market validation, and and that can allow you to go get uh, financing of of purchase order financing or startup financing. Um, so you're saving a ton of time, but also you're you're um, mitigating your risk on on startup costs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's especially in today's market with with things moving so fast and and ideas that float around the internet. You kind of have to be able to do that. So. Very, very cool. Well listen, um, Rich, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, you know folks, like we said, this was a little bit different. Um, hopefully you found it you found it interesting. I know for the techies out there, I suspect you'll you'll probably see a lot of folks going off to your website. You know, checking stuff out. There's some very cool videos about how they do multi-layered, multi-colored, very complex kind of stuff. Um, so thank you very much for being on. Aaron, you want to want to sort of take us out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, Rich, where can everyone find out more about you and the company and everything you have going on? Sure. So our website is studiofathom.com. Um,
2: that's S-T-U-D-I-O-F-A-T-H-O-M.com. And then uh, you can certainly reach out to me. My email address is rich, R-I-C-H, at studiofathom.com. And um, we've got uh, a Facebook page and a Twitter feed and uh, Instagram. We're on all the social media channels, and you can communicate to us through that. And uh, we certainly would would, uh, introduce you to any any of the communication that you would like and, and answer any questions you may have.
1: Very cool, very, very, cool, cool. very cool. Thank you. All right. So if you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at the or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening, everyone.